The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This week's Major Spoilers Podcast Weekend Type Edition is brought to you by Robert Warzniak. I probably pronounced that incorrectly, but if you were to spell it backward, it would be Kianzwar, which I think is what you say if you're a, a French pterodactyl. So that's fun. And this one goes out to him. Major Spoilers theme song! The Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. Pod- on, on the air. The Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. On the air. Pod, pod, podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Stephen. I've been listening to the Major Spoilers Podcast. Podcast. The Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. Hey everyone, welcome to another issue of the Major Spoilers Podcast. So glad that you could join us. Hello! Welcome to the Major Spoilers Podcast. This show we talk about all sorts of different things, sometimes related to pop culture, sometimes not. But usually yes. Usually yes. Matthew, you had a topic a couple of weeks ago. I think it was you, unless this is Rodrigo that I'm misattributing this to. What is it? Well, if you think it was me, it was certainly Rodrigo. What is it about British sci-fi? Please uh, inform us. What were you thinking? Rodrigo, was that you? No, that was. I think that was you. Was it? I don't remember that. What is it about British sci-fi? Why do we love it so? Why do we love? Why do we love Doctor Who, Red Dwarf, Hitchhiker's Guide, Misfits, uh, Torchwood? Why do we love all that stuff? Why is it so good? Why don't we have that kind of stuff here? Why are we stuck with, like, Supernatural and uh, Supernatural? Okay, seriously. I do not talk like that (laughs) because I've never watched Supernatural, and you need to, like, shut up and stop. (laughs) Well... this does sound like a this sounds like a me question. I don't remember asking it, but that's okay. I don't remember what I had for lunch yesterday either. Um, but seriously, folks, what's the deal with British sci-fi? I mean, come on. I've always been fascinated by Doctor Who. And for a while in the 70s, when Doctor Who would run every night and into the early 80s, there was a lot of British stuff. There was something called Blake Seven that would yeah. come on right after Doctor Who. Blake Seven was just like Whoa. And Red Dwarf was fascinating. And Danger Mouse, which was, you know, the most awesomest awesome of awesome. And I think that there's something about that that British accent, that that Anglophilia, that just catches my Midwestern kind of, oh, uh, we all talk like this because that's how we talk. Oh, you know, Beavis and Butthead I, are coming back to MTV. Nice. Yeah. Uh, that's like cool or something. But... Anyway, Stephen, shut up. Um, I, I don't know. I, need I, can't, I can't really. I can't really put my finger on it with the. Pop That's who you guys are. <laughs> it all makes sense now. 
Oh my god, I've been racking my brain. Who do these two remind me of? And the best part is it explains your winker t-shirt there, Stuart. Now I'm Daria. Your mother. Hello, Mr. and Mrs. Lopez and all the ships at sea. Welcome to the Major Spoilers Podcast. We join out a discussion about British sci-fi already in progress. We now join the freeway already in progress. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I mean, Doctor Who, some of the Doctor Who episodes are really kind of bad. But even the worst episode of, like, Red Dwarf or, you know, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy in its television form is pretty low budget in a lot of ways. And the Marvin, the, the Marvin, the paranoid Android robot is particularly just kind of, meh, but there's oh, well, still sort of a charm about it. Yeah. Well, and I mean, yeah, you're talking about pretty poor production quality. I mean, look at, uh, Zaphod Beeblebrox's head. I mean, that was like a paper mache thing <laughs> that was just kind of stuck. No, it was on actually, it. it was, it was rubber with robotics in it, but oh, the batteries it? kept running down. Like, yeah, they actually had it to where it would like blink its eyes and move, but the batteries would always run down before they get to actually taping the thing. I, I, I wonder, Rodrigo, when did you discover British? When and how did you discover British sci-fi? Um, really, the first bit of British sci-fi that I probably saw was Red Dwarf, and I only saw a couple episodes, and I was like, yeah. Do you remember where? Funny. Do you remember where you saw it? I think I saw it online. Somewhere. Oh, online? Okay. Um, they were either streaming them, or maybe I or maybe I was getting a DVD from Netflix, and I was like, "What's this Red War thing?" And I thought what it was I is saw it out of the corner of my eye. so relatively recent is when you've yeah. been exposed to British sci-fi. Oh yeah, oh. This, this, is, this is a new phenomenon for me. Oh yeah, so that explains why you're just now getting through Doctor Who and all of that mm-hmm. stuff. Have you started watching Torchwood yet? I, you know, I did start watching Torchwood, and I didn't like it. Really? Yeah, I got too through, violent. Like, no, I just got through the first like four episodes, and I was like. I don't care. The, the, the boy first four do, the boy episodes are like, pretty off-putting. Yeah, yeah. The boy doesn't like uh, Torchwood because it's too graphic for him. Yeah, it's, he goes and runs. It hides. is. It's it's a little darker too, and yeah, and yeah. that's fine. That's not a problem. Because like I said, I like Misfits, which is plenty dark. Mm-hmm. I just you know, there's something about Torchwood right. that I'm kind of like meh. I don't like it. You know, I discovered. Now, uh, are you I, watching Torchwood or are you watching the new Miracle Day stuff? I'm watching. I was started watching the. First, first episode of Torchwood, episode of yeah, Torchwood yeah. and watch the the first four or five of those. Yeah, yeah. And I and I'm I'm doing that now because I never watched Torchwood when it mm-hmm. first came on, but I'm going through it. And like I said, the boy doesn't like it. I like it. Okay, it's a nice diversion. But yeah, sometimes it gets a little bit too graphic for my taste. Um, the thing I'm wondering, and, and I guess this counts Rodrigo out of this for just a a moment, is for me discovering these things came from. Late night coming home from a track meet or from a basketball game or for a cross country match. And, well, not country, cross country because we had it during the day, but, uh, you know, coming home on that Friday night, Saturday night. Yeah, but in night, Kansas, you got to drive out like. Yeah. See the country? Go run. Yep. Um, you know, coming home late, turning on the television, and of course, living in the middle of nowhere, it was either uh, all night live. Uh, or you flipped it over to the local PBS, one of the two PBS channels, and somebody told me one time, oh man, there's this funny comedy show that shows boobies. It's called Monty Python. You got to check it out. And so I would watch Monty Python to see some some boobies, mm-hmm. animated boobies, and then all of a sudden there's this Doctor Who show. And nobody would ever talk about Doctor Who at my school. 
And so I'm wondering if, you know, maybe me myself, I discovered something that no one else knew about. Mm. And I discovered this book called Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and found out that there was a show that was on my PBS channel. And so I had to watch it. And then you see Red Dwarf or you see some of these other sci-fi shows show up on PBS late at night. And I'm wondering if I kind of got into it because it was this thing that nobody else was into. Mm-hmm. You know, it was my little special thing. And um, and I wonder if that's <laughs> and I wonder if that's not what Steve got me a lot interested. Of time alone with this little special thing. Yeah. Um, you know, and I wonder is that kind of the same with you, Matthew? Too? Did you kind of discover these shows through PBS? Thank you, PBS. Send in your pledge. Yes, pledge. We need it. Smoke. Wait, no, that's something different. Matthew, did you find these via PBS? Find which? The these British sci-fi shows. Well, the sci-fi shows, yes. Um, I I want to say that my first interaction with Monty Python was on CBS, but it was definitely PBS where I first ran into Doctor Who, which is probably my first you know interaction with Britishiness. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't hurt that one of my very first uh, Doctor Who experiences with with a um, a serial that's been voted several times best Doctor Who serial of the old school, which was the Caves of Androzani, the final adventure of the Fifth Doctor was one of the earliest ones that I actually saw chronologically, if I'm not mistaken. So, I don't know, and I think that there's something about... Well, first of all, there's a very British sensibility to the shows that is kind of interesting to watch. It's kind of like... um, And I'll make a really tortured metaphor. I mentioned this the other day on Twitter. I was in the men's room at work, um, for reasons which will remain unknown, and someone had left a magazine in there, and I picked it up, and I'm like, Ebony, I wonder what this is about. And I started reading this Ebony magazine, and I was like, wow, I never knew any of this. You know, it was like a, it was a window into a completely different uh, viewpoint, something that had never even, you know, never even crossed my mind to consider some of the things, completely silly things, like, did you know that Tyler Perry is a multi-billion dollar filmmaker? Yes. I know that my mom liked Medea went to jail, hmm. but that's all I knew about it. And I feel like, you know, to some degree, the British sci-fi shows are like that Yeah, for Americans, especially. But I think for other companies, for other countries as well, is it's kind of that direct line that I view to someone else's culture in a way that you're just like, you know, that you don't do that on American television. You don't have a show where... You know, at the beginning, the hero was not the doctor. Mm-hmm. The hero was set up to be Ian Chesterton. And as the show evolved, they kind of got away from that. But even as, you know, in later seasons and the last few episodes of this season, the companions actually get to be the action heroes. That moment where Rory first shows up on the Cybermen establishment at the end of season six, just recently, a few weeks ago. And the Doctor is off being Doctory, but Rory is the one who gets that badass power walk moment. You wouldn't do that necessarily in an American show because it's not his name on the water tower. The show ain't called Arthur Darville and his big nose. It's called Doctor (laughs) Who. But you can get away with things, or rather, they're willing to do things that are alien to me. Um, Like Red Dwarf. 
the alternate universe stuff in Red Dwarf, like the one where they meet their alternate universe uh, reverse gendered counterparts. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember who it is. One of them almost sleeps. With, I think it's Rimmer almost sleeps with himself. His alternate self. And nice. no one is surprised by this. And I'm like, you couldn't, you couldn't really get away with that necessarily yeah. or well, it wouldn't have the same it wouldn't have the same feel to it in an american production i think why are shows specifically doctor who and red dwarf why are those shows why have they lasted so long why are we into like 30 years of doctor who and i don't know how long red dwarf's been around but 20 years something well, like red that dwarf is, red dwarf there were big breaks well red yeah dwarf but still like six seasons you know they had a they had a red dwarf um movie not too long ago yeah. And people just went nuts for it, mm-hmm. and I and yeah. I'm just trying to kind of trying to figure out what what is it about British sci-fi? Why is it so popular? Why do we love it? And I think for me, it's well, because, of- like I said, it was this thing that was different that nobody else had. It wasn't the, you know, the Urkel show or any of that other stuff that people were watching. Urkel show. Oh no! Please don't be bad mouthing Simon and Simon. It, don't, don't make it me come wasn't, over there. You know, Kate Alley. Oh yeah, you can badmouth Kate and but, Allie. The only good thing on that show is the the redheaded well, daughter. For those of you listening with children, <laughs> the adult filter is about to kick in. The reason that Doctor Who has survived for as long as it has is because the show is just that goddamn good. I mean, even uh, Doctor Who is like pizza. The worst Doctor Who you will ever have will still be pretty good. Oh yeah, you know. It's like the pizza that Bruce and I used to eat for a buck when he had that apartment on 4th Street in Hayes. You know, still good pizza. You have to eat six or eight of them to get full, but hey, I'm willing to make that sacrifice. Doctor Who is, you know, one of those once-in-a-lifetime projects because there's really nothing like it. There are a lot of things influenced by it, and there are even a few things that I would say have influenced it. You know, the, the influence of Star Trek later on in, in the mid-70s, cannot be ignored. But mm-hmm. I also think that there's something to be said for the way the British make television. And the way the British make television, as opposed to the way the Americans make television, is most of the time, Doctor Who being a huge exception, British television runs for, well, they call them a series rather than a season, they run for meh, season two, three. I remember reading um, one actor, a British actor, who was getting in an American series, and he was very, very leery of it because he was afraid that he'd be stuck playing this character for five years. And to him, that was just an, an eternity to be stuck playing the same character for five years. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that that mindset of a season or two seasons or four seasons being... You know, the norm kind of offsets a little bit of what we have in America, which is, we're going to run this thing into the ground. Waha. You know, like Gunsmoke got a little threadbare around season 19. And the Andy Griffith show eventually kind of transitioned into Mayberry RFD and lost a little bit of its luster somewhere in the 12th or 13th year. So mm-hmm. I think that part of it is because the British television is meant to be encapsulated. It's meant to have kind of, you know, a beginning, middle, end, or be a shorter arc, or at least a shorter, you know, thing to go from. It's not like we're going to run this show. We want to run this show for 11 years. 
Star Trek The Next Generation ran seven seasons. I think in, in British television terms in the 80s, that was quite a bit. That was mm-hmm. a long, long run. For uh, Doctor so Who know. fans, for Doctor Who fans, Amy Pond, Karen Gillen, Gillen, however you say her last name, she did confirm Sharon at San Diego Comic Con that she would be back for the next uh, season of Doctor Who. Cool. Yeah, and if you, if you also weren't paying attention over at Major Spoilers, we have got the trailer for the second half of season six where <gasps> the Doctor saves Hitler. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. Go check yeah, that out. And then redeems him later for valuable prizes with grit. Dear Major Spoilers crew, it was great to see Steven again and to meet uh-huh. Rodrigo at Nerdtacular in June. I heard the Major Spoilers show following where I, where I was referred to as nine feet tall with 40-inch biceps. I am, of course, referring to Bronco. Rodrigo met him. Mm-hmm. Um, big, stocky Did, we, did guy. we only say he was nine feet tall? I think he's closer to 11. I think, it, yeah, but I also said he had a blue ox and carried a big uh, axe mm-hmm. that he swung around. So, yes, Bronco is uh, Paul Bunyan. Uh, I think you guys may have been slightly exaggerated. In that segment of the show, you were discussing a question that was posted from the floor at Nerdtacular about what it means to be a geek or a nerd today and the negative or positive connotations with it. I know I've probably thought more about that question and observation raised in those five minutes than I have on anything else that weekend. I identify completely with Rodrigo's comments about being at a social gathering of non-geeks and throwing out a geek fish hook and see who takes the bait, then chatting with that person for the night. So I thought it might be interesting... Uh, it might be an interesting point to discuss on Major Spoilers. When was the first time that you realized you were a geek or a nerd? For me, this is Bronco saying, Bronco I was in the story. Greek nerd crowd through high school and college. But that's a safe zone. You're surrounded with the, with those others that are similar to yourself. When I went on, uh, went on to the Army, it was the same thing. I hear the email you get from service members in Iraq and Afghanistan, and I know things haven't changed. The military is geek-tolerant, if not a friendly environment. For me, it was a girl. I met this girl one night at a bar and arranged to meet her for coffee the next day. We were in Toronto. Dear Casey, I met a girl. And this girl one night we met at a bar and arranged to meet for coffee the next day. Well, Casey, we were in Toronto and met at a coffee shop just down the street from a games workshop store. Why do you sound like Cliff (laughs) At the time, I was playing Warhammer, and when we walked by the store, I stopped to look in the window. She made some comment about it being a kid's store, and I, thinking I was being helpful, explained to her that that there were games for all ages and that I played one of them myself. Her attitude towards me turned to ice instantly, and this look of complete contempt came over her face. Looking back, I know that this was one of those formative moments in my life. I had this crystal clear decision to make. Dismiss this as a kid stuff and dis- disassociate from myself uh, from it and try to pursue her or stand up for a hobby that I enjoyed and still didn't view as childish. Five minutes later, we had said goodbye, and I've never seen her since. My point in this story is I think a lot of people would have similar defining moments. One, where they looked at themselves and acknowledged that while they don't fit the norm, they like who they are and chose to stay on that path. Path. Sincerely, Bronco. So, Rodrigo, mm-hmm. when did you realize that you were a geek slash nerd? Um, I don't really know when I when I fully realized it. I know that it was sometime in high school mm-hmm. when I was like, oh, I'm a nerd kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But really, for me, I was always a weird kid. Yeah. Ever ever since I could walk, I walked towards what looked most like a dinosaur. Yeah. So Did you walk like a dinosaur? I totally on the did. floor. 
Yep, I was like, Rah. That's some of that classic Rocky. When boom, yes, boom, boom. when I was when I was a tiny child, I would demand before I could even talk, I would demand that my parents play Thriller. Oh yeah. Um. No, I might have been older than then. Um. But I used to dance to Thriller because I loved it because it was like a monster song, mm-hmm. and then I got to laugh like a crazy monster at the end. Yeah. So I've always been that kid. So basically, for me, I've always kind of been not not necessarily proud and not that i'm not but just you know that's just always been how i am Mm -hmm. and eventually i started landing places where other people were responsive to it Mm -hmm. you know and and you know what i what i said about throwing that line out you know i would often do it accidentally Mm -hmm. where you know somebody would be like god you know i it's it's really been raining a lot i don't think it's ever been this wet around here and i'm like well actually kansas used to be an ocean so it probably has been way way more wet than this (laughs) i mean just uh hope you don't run into any liopluridans out there you know what i'm saying (laughs) and you know they either look at you like you're crazy or they start laughing and they think it's interesting right 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 so i I've always been like that um at some point i kind of looked down and said well i got this gut and i like wearing shirts with monsters on them Mm -hmm. so i'm you know and i don't shave all that often so i'm probably one of those guys i see over there at the game store yeah yeah yeah. so i i understand that i fit in there Mm -hmm. but i don't necessarily fit because i want to fit in there or because i necessarily uh, relate to really any human being Mm -hmm. um so much as you know this is sort of what is most like what i like Mm -hmm. um you know i kind of been that way too i've always been different i like what i like uh i mean i still buy legos today and Mm -hmm. a couple of weeks ago my son and i sat down and put them together and had some fun um but for me you know i i grew up in this very small town like 800 people in the town i lived out in the country and so I didn't have a lot of interactions with those people, so it was very much making up my own world and doing weird things. Like, I'd take those Legos and made a bunch of stop-motion movies with my parents' 8-millimeter camera, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, when I got into middle school, I had to get glasses for the first time. And it was, like, sixth grade. Devastating, right? It's mm-hmm. just like... That's around when I got my glasses, too. Yeah. And I just remember the first day I got them. First word out of somebody's mouth, usually the bully at the school is who it was. Man, you look like a nerd. You're a nerd. It's like, whoa, well, that was devastating for me. You know, here's somebody six, sixth grade, how I forget how old you are, like 12, maybe. 12. And it's just like, ah, I couldn't, you know, just it, that was terrible for me. But then, you know, as things went on, uh, I, you know, if you saw me in high school, you would not think of me as a nerd because I was uh honor student on the uh quiz bowl i was cross-country track basketball mm-hmm. um you know basically all the the normal you were the, the all-american actually i was nominated uh to be the marine all-american athlete scholar nice uh my senior year and the the marines really pursued me um, but I, but at the same time, I started to discover comic books. I've talked about comic books before, and I started going to comic book shops. And luckily, there was another kid in my school who uh, who I was friends with, and we kind of had similar tastes. He was big into computer games and video games and uh, GoBots and and Transformers. And so he would tag along with me to go to the to the comic book store because he knew there was a toy store that we would that we would also stop at. Um, but really, it wasn't really that big a thing. And even when I went to to college, I had like a uh, a box of comics, a long box, but I didn't really consider myself a geek or a nerd. Um, 
even after meeting Matthew and hanging out with Bruce and and Tom Boaz and and Brian and all those people uh, in college, these were people. Uh, Tom that Boaz I, was a nerd. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think if there was anybody really that we would consider like nerdy nerdy in college. I think we were more like those hipster I think doofuses. We all were. I think we were the hipster doofuses. Yeah, well, and and what what a nerd like what what we call the modern nerd has kind of coalesced pretty fast. Right, right, right. And it's it's kind of a generational thing, I yeah, think. Yeah. Like But you know, even in even in college at least I was not, you know, nobody was like nerd, you're a nerd for liking that stuff. Right. It's like if that's or in the college, way it was. nobody cares what anybody Yeah, else it was, was just doing. like, you know, wander off. Now, I will say another kind of defining moment was um and I think I've mentioned this before in the show. I was married before Mm-hmm. Right before my my current wife, first wife, first wife, who we shall not mention, but uh, she knew a lot of like comics. No, um, but you know, she came to the point one day where she was just like, "You need to give up comic books. You need to give up all those toys. I'm tired of this stuff. You need to give it up. You need to grow up." Hmm. And so I stopped for like two or three months, and then I was like, no, I, I'm not going to give this up. And about two months later, I got a job in California, and that was basically the last time we said hello to each other. Mm. You know, and then six months later, we're like, nah, this ain't going to work. Goodbye. And it's just like, I wasn't going to let anybody from that point forward tell me what I should like or not like. And if I like comic books, if I want to be nerdy, if I want to be different than everyone else, then that's, you know, that's kind of the way I'm going to go, and I'm going to do my own thing, and I don't really care about it. So for me, maybe it was a little bit later in life. I mean, certainly you get called that nerd moment, and that was kind of devastating. But then it was, I embraced it about uh, 99, mm-hmm. when I was just like, no, this is the way it's going to be. And if that's the way people want to think of me, great, fine. I don't really give a care. And I will still today even do things that make people... <laughs> I what? hate people who say, I don't give a care. I don't give a care. I don't care a crap. I don't care a... I don't give two shits. How about that? Is that what you want to hear? Is that what you want to get us the adult tag and have parents write in and say, I can't believe you said shits on the, the show tag. and tits in the last show. I you, did, you fucking I need to stop no that stuff. I don't give a care. Frank, <laughs> frankly, my dear, I don't give a tit. <laughs> so there you go, an adult tag to me. Dickweed! Dickweed! Uh, you know, actually, okay, I don't. So- I, I try not to use the bad language because of the boy. He mm-hmm. actually got in trouble. Instead of yeah. when I'm driving down the, the street and I get angry at, at these slow grandma men that don't know how to drive and drive under the speed limit, I used to curse really loudly at right. them. Then one day the son repeated that and I said, oh, no, no more. So I started calling people dummy dums mm-hmm. and he called somebody a dummy at school that ain't got in trouble for it. Nah. Uh, afterwards, afterwards, I was like, yeah, don't say it at school, but you know, it's better than what you could have said. What, dummy? Um, no. But, you know, so that, you know, that, that have, big moment where I realized, you know, I don't care. I mean, um, shave my head when my when the boy was born. People were like, oh, my God, why did you do that? It's like, well, why not? Why can't I do that? Mm-hmm. Well, why can't you just have normal hair and comb it over like everybody else? Why? Why do you dress like that? Can't you just wear other? No, I'm going to dress like this. Shut up. I'm going to wear what I want to wear. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just, you know, it's that kind of thing where at this point it's like maybe it's because I'm old and I really don't care anymore. But, you know, th- that's kind of who I am. Now, you know, yeah. that's that's kind of where I fit. Now, Matthew, what about you? What is your, I realized I was a nerd when? Well, I can actually point out the, there was a, there was a transitional period. Um, but it was January of 1983. And I know this. 
Casey, it was a cold day. I know this Western for Kansas. a reason that I will get to in just a moment. Okay. I was a very serious kid. I was a very serious kid. And very early they grabbed me and they said, we are going to put you in these accelerated classes for you are smart. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I took that to heart and it made me a little punk. And I took very much pride in being, you know, an accelerated kid in a school where there really weren't that many others. There was one just absolutely beautiful girl upon whom I still have a crush to this very day. Thank you, Facebook. But <laughs> it was... You had a crush on Facebook? Man, that's an odd name. Okay, January nineteen. And I know this because Marvel Comics, back in the day, used to date their comics a full five months before release. And the yeah. official handbook of the Marvel Universe, Volume 1, Number 5, is cover dated May 1983. That is the point where... That's, that's the line. That is the Terminator of which this all takes place. That's how we went from the umbra to the penumbra, or uh, from, from from the clout to the frout. But that book came out, and I, at the time, I had a job. I worked as a uh, newspaper delivery schmuck, and I would go, and I would find something to do with my money. And one of the things that I ended up doing was wandering into the S&S drugstore, and I bought this official handbook of the Marvel Universe. It wasn't my first comic. I had several comics before that, you know, um, we've talked about Shogun Warriors number one, G.I. Joe number one, these things that uh, appealed to me because they had crossover potential. But this was the first time that I had access to the fact that there were ongoing narratives. And this particular issue of the Marvel Universe features the Hulk, the Invisible Woman, so it talks about the history of the Fantastic Four. It's got Hawkeye, so it talks about the Avengers. It's got Iron Man. It's got Iceman, so it talks about the X-Men. Mm -hmm. And it's just referencing years and years and years of stories that I've never heard of. I'm like, oh, my God. Years and years of all these stories that, you know, they're out there and I've never seen them. It had, you know, who else was in there? Howard the Duck. Yeah. Nice. And I, you know, I remember buying this and going back and buying more comics and more comics and more comics. And it couldn't have been too long after that my friend Tom, not Tom Boaz, different Tom. Um, and I, we both worked together. He was a year ahead of me in school. We were both sitting in the, uh, in the room where the paper and the ink was kept, which I'm sure was illegal and certainly wasn't safe, where all the paper boys sat around and waited for the latest issue of the Daily Call to be printed. And I said something about the Shazam cartoon that had aired the previous Saturday. And he wouldn't talk about it in front of the other kids. And I couldn't figure out why. And then later on, when there was no one around, I said something about the Shazam cartoon and asked if you watched it. And he's like, doesn't everybody? And I realized that he was ashamed of his nerdiness. And yeah. sometime it had to be after that because it was, it was later on in school. I remember saying something about a particular character and people looking at me blankly. And one of the cool kids staring me in the face going, you know what? Go find somebody who cares. And... You know, that was one of those moments where I'm like, okay, awesome, dick. It, it, it comes to a, you know, a head in the, like that 11, 12, 13 years where there is that pressure to try and seem like you're something that you're not. I think we all fell, you know, prey to it. I was already alienated because I was such a serious kid and because I was such a flaming dickhead about being, you know, the smart one. 
And, you know, physically I was different because I was the heavy kid. I was the fat kid. We all had one in school. You know, it was one of those things where I think I was already not really mainstreamed. I always say that I didn't have a personality until I was about 16 years old. And to some degree, that's very true. Some people would say that's still true now, but, you know, those Mm -hmm. people can. Hmm. Anyway. But what I think what it came down to was a point where I was reading these things and I realized that people didn't necessarily admit to liking them and people didn't like people to know that they liked them. And I kind of didn't care. And I kind of, you know, started embracing that, that thing that nobody else did as you know, a bit of my identity and going, well, this I can, I, I can learn this. I can know this. I can find these stories and read these stories and I can know that. Iron Man 132, he gets punched out by the Hulk, or, you know, all of these stories that took place that I had no idea, but because of the Marvel Universe and a couple of other issues of that book that I bought later, uh, one of the formative events in my life was sitting and reading the the official handbook of the Marvel Universe, number 14 of 12, The Book of the Dead, part two, featuring Phoenix, um, Richard Ryder as Nova, featuring The Mimic, featuring Omega the Unknown, all of these characters that, to this day, I will say to you, ha ha, this is awesome and you are stupid for not loving it. But it did take a while before I got my my current attitude, which, and I think I've probably come out and said it before, I don't care what you think about my hobby. And I don't mean that to be, you know, any type of attack. It's nothing personal to you. It's not about you. If you have an opinion about my hobby and you say, yes, I share your opinion and you are wonderful, I say, great, I like that. I appreciate that. It's not why I like, you know, specifically, you know, doing this, talking about it, being here at Major Spoilers. I love getting to talk to people who share that. But, you know, if somebody says to me, well, the Legion is stupid and I always like the X-Men, I'm like, well... You're entitled to your opinion. Don't care. Now, I have I have a friend who's a forty year old, I think, almost forty year old, who still you know worries about what people think about you know X. What are people going to think if I do this? What are people going to think if I don't do that? And I think the honest answer is they're not. People aren't going to take any time to break down what Matthew is doing. A couple of years ago. Um, in my my day job, someone who was a geek was one of my agents on my team, and he was having a real problem dealing with the fact that he you know he wasn't he didn't have the best handle time he didn't have the shortest calls he didn't have the best calls he didn't sell the most, but he was good across the board he was a solid player, and he was just like i just don't get it i don't know why i can't be number one i'm like okay well i want I want to talk to you about a friend of mine he's like, what are you talking about i'm like I want to tell you the story of Chuck Tane. And he's like, Chuck Tane? I'm like, yes, Chuck Tane has the ability to bounce. And he is a valued member of the Legion of Superheroes. And his face lights up because we're in his nerd turf. And I explained to him how he can be Chuck Tane. You come to work, you're in that world, and uh, even though your team may have Superboy and Supergirl and Mon-El and Ultra Boy, you be the best damn bouncing boy that you can be, and that's going to be enough. And I started thinking about that, you know, that that silly lesson that I was trying to teach somebody to try and get them to sit down, take calls, and shut up. But I think that that's really kind of my my life's goal is, 
it's not so much that I don't care if people think I'm a nerd. I think it's come to a point where I don't think I can hide it, and I don't know that it matters if I do. I still, you know, we'll be at the store, and my bosses will be talking about a comic or a moment or, you know, the Game of Thrones television show, something nerdy. And they'll, you know, I'll get involved in the conversation, and I'll say something that even among nerds, comic store owners, <laughs> comic store personnel and managers, I still can say something that's like, wow, that's nerdy. You know, even in that company, people who run, who do this for a living, who run a store, who actually, you know, do this, and I can still have that moment where I'm the biggest geek in the room, and I'm kind of fine with that. Because what it really boils down to is anybody who anybody who gets to the point in their life where they start questioning, you know, why do I like this? Why do I want this? How, you know, how do I keep people from knowing that I want this? Or why does, you know, why do people not like that I want this? You're putting energy into things that really aren't going to get you anywhere. I mean, if you figure out why you like comic books, why you like professional wrestling, why you like NASCAR, why Steven likes Legos, why Rodrigo likes Vampire the Legos Masquerade. Are awesome. Let's go, Legos are awesome. Legos these things, awesome. you know, these, these things inform our personality and these things inform the way we look at the world. But I don't necessarily think that they define it. I mean, if you say, yes, you're a comic geek, well, that doesn't change the fact that I will kick your ass at Scrabble. My friend Will the other day was like, you're just a comic geek. You don't know anything outside of comics. And I'm like, try me. And he's like, well, why was this particular hacker called Captain Crunch? And I'm like, well, because he used a toy out of a cereal box to simulate the 2600 megahertz tone that they used. To, and he's just like, okay, fine. Maybe you do know. I'm like, maybe I do. You know, I think it, the bottom line is be that, happy with who you are and don't let anybody tell you. Yep. I mean, uh, the wife that I got now, I'm probably going to keep her. Probably. You know, probably. probably. She's She embraced she my nerdiness. She embraced my nerdiness. In fact, she was the one that suggested, you know, one year I was like, man, I should like to go to San Diego Comic-Con. Next thing I know, she's like, well, I ordered tickets. Nice. I'm like, oh, cool. And she went with me and she's embraced it and she enjoys oh. that. And she doesn't mind that, that I was able to name our, our two kids after comic book characters. And and really, that's important. Oh, is that she once she just didn't fight it. Once you once you realize that you know when the moon is full, you you grow a beard and a gut, and really really want to play World of Warcraft. Um, you just have to surround yourself with people who, you know, maybe are not exactly like that, but who will accept that. Yeah. I mean, I have I have friends. I have I have this uh, couple of friends, and they are way 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 into starcraft all oh, those losers and yeah and i'm not but weirdly enough because they're so into starcraft it has bridged this gap yeah between our brains because even though i'm not into starcraft starcraft has a lot of sci-fi tropes mm -hmm. and fantasy tropes because it comes from warcraft right um tied in it so they'll be talking about it i'm like i've never uh well, I think I have, maybe once or twice. I was like, I've never been the victim of a Zerg rush, but mm -hmm. I know what it's like when a ton of little aliens yeah. are, you know, running up a hill and you don't have enough bullets or laser beams to kill them all. Yeah, yeah. You been know, they've done that. Right. 
So, <laughs> well, speaking of, you know, and I keep referring back to my son because that's really mm-hmm. beyond you guys. The only real social interactions I have is with a <laughs> you know, he the wants to be a part. Will talk to you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My my the sidekick won't even talk to me. <laughs> uh, but, you know, he tries to find ways of interjecting himself and, and being involved with what dad is doing. Uh, you know, he likes playing with Legos. He likes the superhero shows. He's watching He-Man. Um, he's now playing World of Warcraft. He's like, Dad, can we go play your Dragons game? Nice. And I'm like, sure, son, let's go do that. And so now we're playing World of Warcraft with a character that he created, and he's telling me which way to go and what to kill, and he's helping push the buttons. So, you know, he's getting that because he wants to be a part of that world, and sometimes, you know, that's the decision he makes, even though it may not be a popular decision later on. You know, Mm -hmm. all the other kids want to play T-ball and and Pee-wee football, and he wants to play soccer and play world of warcraft well and that's important too is that you know your your parents have a big hand in that sometimes accidentally sometimes it's that sort of thing where somebody in a a big position of authority tells you this is stupid and you're like oh yeah well yeah 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 i'm gonna yeah but the other way too because i a lot of the stuff that i know about superman comes from my dad because we'd be talking i'd be like Dad, how come Superman does this? And I was like, well, you know, when he was rocketed to Earth from the dead planet Krypton, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And like anything else, like him talking about, you know, the actual sun or, um, you know, what makes, why earthworms live underground or anything like that. I just took it 100% as fact. And later on, I've gone back and says like, well, that's all fictional. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's still something that got completely imprinted in my brain because I, my dad talked yeah. to me about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, it, especially at that level, there's there's really no way to tell between the real and the imagined experience. Oh but yeah, yeah. He's gonna th- ask now. I think like that it's when important. When we watch Torchwood, he's gonna ask, "Is this real or is this fake?" Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's fake. Yeah, it's it's also important to look at. There are gonna be situations in life where uh, recently the midget got fitted for her first pair of glasses. Yep. Did she get called and nerd by anybody to prepare, yet? Not yet. She hasn't gotten them to prepare oh. for wearing her glasses and to strengthen. Her left eye, she had surgery when she was less than a year old mm-hmm. to get her eyes pointing in the same direction. For the next month, she's going to be wearing an eye patch over her right eye. Yeah. And we we got them, and she's like, I don't, I don't want to wear them. I'm like, well, honey, we have to, but we're going to go to the store. We're going to get you a pirate eye patch, and we're going to get stickers, and we're going to decorate it every day. And then she was on board with it. And then she went to Grandma's house, and... Somehow the discussion came up of what happens if kids make fun of her. And grandma said that if pe- if people are staring at you, it's just because they think you're cute. And she came home and she's like, Daddy, grandma said that if people stare at me with my eye patch, it's just because they think I'm cute. And I don't think that's true. Is that true? <laughs> and I'm like, well, honey, I don't know. I think that grandma thinks it's absolutely true. But I think that you need to remember one thing. Your doctor said we're doing this to make your eyes stronger. We have to do it. And if anybody has a question, you look at them and you say to yourself, is this somebody that I like and that I want to know about my eye? And then you say, my doctor said I have to. And she's like, well, what do I tell the people that I don't want to? You say, daddy said it's none of your beeswax. Tell them, I'm a pirate. I'm going to stab you in the middle of the night. Leave me alone. Yar, har, har, yar, har, yar. We were in the grocery store, and two little girls, two and three, came by, and they started clapping and cheering and going, pirate! And Molly thought that was awesome. 
Yeah, see. But I mean, there are going to be times in life where you're going to be tested in what you do and what you say. And I don't believe in making apologies for it. I mean, certainly I'm a nerd. I'm I'm a conversation killing nerd. I'm an old school, sometimes have no social skills at all kind of nerd. Yeah. I'm the nerd when all the nerds get together for critical hit and start making jokes, I'll make the joke where even the nerds go, dude, not funny. <laughs> That's the nerd that I am. And so I think that I'm mostly cool with that. So we've got all these nerds, right? Mm-hmm. Nerd Rigo, mm-hmm. Nerd Steven, Nerd Matthew. Mm-hmm. This comic Actually, nerd, that King comic nerd. nerd, this sci-fi nerd, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But right. then... All of a sudden, DC says, we're relaunching all number ones. All number one. Then everybody comes out of the closet. With nerd rage. Oh, my God. I've read one sentence about this description that's vague enough about this upcoming Batgirl, and I will have nothing to do with the entire DC universe. What is all this hate about, Matthew? Tell me, what is this hate? Are we as nerds, do we not like change? Is that what it boils down to? Well, Rodrigo has pointed out that my theory about nerds is really a theory about people. And my theory about nerds says change is bad, throw rocks at it. But more importantly, I think that it's a good thing up to a point, dot, 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 because it means that people care about the DC universe. It means that people, you know, whether Wonder Woman has short pants or not matters to people. Whether Superman is still married to Lois Lane matters to people these characters have an emotional resonance beyond the fact that you know quite frankly many of the people complaining about this don't read the comics yeah won't read the comics ain't gonna read the comics i'm I'm curious i'm curious because you know there's some of these people especially over the major spoilers website and on various forums around the internet I have called my comic book shop and told them to cancel every DC book. I will never buy a DC book again. How many of those have happened at your shop? Do you know? Well, so far, none. But the reason for that is what? that almost nobody who is not is a hardcore <laughs> Now, almost nobody who's not a hardcore nerd actually knows that you have to order two months in advance. No, oh, okay. We have about 175 pull list people. The majority of those people knew about this through major spoilers, through the entire webs, through whatever, or even just read about it in the previews. Um, we are offering a special discount for all 52 number ones. And where's that discount at? I believe uh, Gatekeeper Hobbies Hunt to engage Topeka. Ask us about why Superman wears jeans now. But um, I believe that the discount basically breaks down to 52 issues for $125. That's not bad because it's better than 150 yeah. bucks. We've had people, more people than I expected taking advantage of that particular offer. I expected maybe four to six. I think mm-hmm. they said we were pushing 10 the last time we checked, but I think that more people are intrigued and interested or ready to be nerd raged than they are nerd raged. And I think that when when people come to major spoilers specifically and comment, you know, on our, our stuff and our, our, our pieces, they're commenting specifically on what they see there. So, you know, for, for some people looking at that and going, well, this is going to be stupid. And Lois being married to Clark is the most important thing about Superman. Not taking into account the fact that 
as yeah, of 15, 50 years. 16 years yeah. ago. You know, 15, 16 years ago is when that happened. And for the previous 65 years, there were Superman stories where they weren't married. Yeah. You know, it, uh, Rodrigo, it's, is, is it's it, something where the DC universe is more than just a comic universe. Specifically, you know, Wonder Woman and Aquaman. Right. More, you know, they're more important as... No, they're more important as properties than they Mm -hmm. are as characters. Mm -hmm. Their books repeatedly tank, but everybody knows them. Rodrigo, is is this surprise reaction from you? I mean, is this reaction that we see of people just like, oh, I can't believe they didn't do this. This is this is a reason why DC is going to fail. This is I, I yeah, well, uh, yeah, yeah. It it doesn't it doesn't really surprise me. I knew that there were going to be uh, when it was first announced. I uh, I actually expected most of the reaction to be negative, and in fact, the fact that there's been actually a good deal of positive reaction was was really the surprise for me. Um, in fact, my own positive reaction to the news was somewhat surprising because you know. Um, I am actually pretty tired of, of uh, reboot-type things. Not to say that this is a reboot. It's a relaunch. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I think what it comes down to is, weirdly, is, is perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, as someone who has been forced by you guys to read comics made before 1992, <laughs> um, I've come to realize that... Uh, you know, people are like, man, we've seen this all before. And they're right. We have seen this all before. Right. And we've seen this before comics were even invented. We've seen this in serials. We've mm-hmm. seen this in, you know, you, uh, not that this was around necessarily before comics were invented. But, you know, we were talking about Doctor Who. Right. Um, The Doctor has gone from being a a kindly grandfather to being a young hotshot Mm -hmm. to being a guy who karate chops people to being a guy who would never dream of karate chopping people right you know like he's gone back and forth that because the doctor depends on who's writing him Mm -hmm. and that is what superheroes are as well the thing that i believe doctor who fans get but a lot of comic fans don't get is that that's okay is that it's okay to get different takes on characters. Right. You know, if you ask people how old is Superman, you get you will get responses depending on who you ask, anywhere from 20 to 50. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of people who see that gray-templed Superman, right. you know, telling people what they should and shouldn't do, and that Streaky's new powers <laughs> are a problem. <laughs> Um, as as the one true Superman or the Superman that they remember as Superman. So, right. you know, this is all getting ready to relaunch. People are like, Superman's new costume looks stupid. Um, you know, I'm not sure about this thing. Who's that weird Witchblade looking girl in the Teen Titans? And like, for all you know, that weird Witchblade looking girl in the Teen Titans is going to be the next... Superboy, because you look at Superboy, the Superboy that's in the Teen Titans right now, which everyone accepts, mm-hmm. was uh, didn't you know, exist twenty years ago. Yeah, was hated, and he was hated. Yeah, yep. Look at the Red Hood. Everybody's like, "Oh man, I'm so good with this whole Red Hood thing." It's like that's freaking Jason Todd, the most yeah. berated character in yeah. DC Comics history, pretty much ever. Yeah. And here he is with his own freaking title. Well, I, I wonder, Matthew, because, you know, there's this announcement. And, again, somebody said, well, maybe uh, Jeff Johns was just joking. But there's this mysterious character that people didn't know in the Justice League. And Johns uh, said uh-huh. at uh, Comic-Con, oh, that's Lady Luck. And she's going to be a member of the team. 
And then, boy, uh-huh. people just were like, I've never heard of her, therefore this is a doomed failure. Uh, I, I plan to do my top ten fanboy arguments that are full of crap, and number one is going to be, well, I've never heard of her. Because right. the, the, the thing about the Lady Luck that's fascinating to me is the response seems to be, well, aren't they just ripping off the black cat? No, the black cat ripped off Lady Luck. Well, the black cat just ripped off uh, Shamrock from uh, that that Marvel book. And it, no, Shamrock ripped off Lady Luck. Well, why would they care about Lady Luck? Because she was created by Will Eisner, and she's you know one of these characters who's been around forever, and she's as old as the spirit, and she actually has a pretty huge pedigree. Well, I've never heard of her. Okay, I'm sorry. That. That sounds like a personal problem. (laughs) Streaky. Exactly. (laughs) I feel like what it comes down to, Jenny, is we care about these characters. And the responses that I like are, why isn't it Black Canary? Why isn't it Vixen? Why isn't it Dr. Light? Why isn't it Batgirl? And the reason why is because it's not. And they can't all be everywhere. You can't have a Justice League with everybody you ever loved in it, because then you get that Brad Meltzer yeah. League from five years ago. It was a cluster schmoz. You can't, you can't have, have a bunch of series where Wolverine appears in every... Se- oh, wait a minute. Sure you can. You can't have a <laughs> Legion of Superheroes with all your favorite characters, because Paul right. Levitz will inevitably kill them. He'll yes. kill your favorites, and he'll laugh, and then he'll kick your dog and anally like, violate your mom while pouring sugar in your gas tank. I mean, I, I, I like uh, these... Paul Levitz's comments on the Legion of Superheroes. He's like, uh, I can't believe they're they're letting me do this again. And Dio's like, we're making you do it until you get it right. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, I mean, See, and that, should, that's what's the what's kind your of advice? thing that I enjoy about the revamp. What's your advice, Rodrigo and, and Matthew? What is your advice to these people that are just like, seemingly frothing at the mouth mm-hmm. over this over these DC relaunch things. My my advice is uh, I guess my first bit of advice would be give it a shot. Right. But I I understand that that might be impossible because of the aneurysm that they've already had over this. <laughs> so my second bit of advice, which isn't really advice at all, just more of a more of a soothing words is this too shall pass. Yeah. Even if this is amazing, even if from here on out, this becomes the DC universe because it's so good. Right. Kind of like we've gotten once a decade mm-hmm. where certain things just stick mm-hmm. and care and, and people always remember, you know, I mean, you know, we found out that Smallville hasn't always been in Kansas. Yeah. But True. that's what people remember mm-hmm. because at some point it was and people were like, well, it makes a lot more sense than Pennsylvania. Right. So there it is. Mm-hmm. Um. But this too shall pass. Everything that you're seeing now, some of it will stick, some mm-hmm. of it won't. And eventually, as the industry moves in different directions, this will change. The char- You will get your character that you feel was cheated out of being in the Justice League right. back in the Justice League. Right. You will feel you all the Legionnaires are going to be tr- you know, bouncing around in the, in the current era, right? Mm-hmm. There's a book that's like... Legionnaires yeah, Legion kicking around in, yeah. in this in this time period. They're all gonna get yes. sent. <laughs> half of them are gonna get half of them are gonna get sent back to the future. The other half are gonna die, only to be revived in the future once more when right. somebody else writes them. There's an interesting thing that someone pointed out, yeah. and I think it was somebody from DC that basically said 
hey, why don't you go back and check our publishing history and you'll see that every 10 years there's one of these things that go on. Yep. Almost like yeah. clockwork. So we can bet if Major Spoilers is here in 2021 mm-hmm. that we're going to be people the are going to be all different Major Spoilers. Yes, yes, relaunch 15 different times. I can't believe they're changing Superman's costume and making him wear his underwear on the outside. Yep. Matthew, what's your advice or comments or thoughts? Well, my first advice is jokingly to remind you of the words of William Shatner at a Star Trek convention when he said, <laughs> get a life. Get a life. Yeah, yeah. But then I'd have to get one, too, and then, you know, we'd all go to hell in a handbasket. So I think what it really breaks down to is stop trying to embrace the one true anything. I mean, there have been multiple takes on every single character you love. And as much as I love Jay Garrick, I have to admit that revamping the Flash and, you know, kicking off the whole Silver Age of comics was probably a pretty good idea back in the day. (laughs) And... You know, if we had if we had embraced this, it's 1975. What's the internet going to say about this new X Men book? That isn't even Iceman. They've got some kid in there who's got Batman's mask and some girl. And I think, never mind. You know, you look at that whole thing with a grain of salt. The comic book industry, just like anything else, is looking for something new and different. We've been begging them to do something different. And I, yeah. I use the regal. And now that they're doing something different. The comic book industry, mm-hmm. yeah. We've been saying, you know, you keep hearing all these remarks on the internet. We've seen this all before. This is all, you know, this is just crap, and it's not going to work, and this will never work. And now they're actually doing, they're giving us what we've asked for. Lasting change. They're giving us meaningful changes. And all we can talk about is, where's Shazam? Yeah. You know, it, just because your favorite character is going by the wayside for a year or two is not a bad thing. Nope. I will I will relate to fondness, you the case. Fondness makes the heart Chris grow Jer- stronger. Chris uh, Jericho took a year off. Well, there we go. Yes. Chris Jericho took a year off in between his WCW contract going out and his, his debut for the WWE. And during that whole year, everybody was just like, oh, that Jericho kid, whatever. And then he showed up at the WWE and Kablamicus. Everybody was just like, holy crap, who's this Jericho kid again? And he's done this periodically. He'll disappear for a year and he'll come back to a huge, huge return. Massive heat. Everything is awesome, and everybody's just like, woohoo, it's Jericho again, and we're not sick of him like we are John Cena. Maybe a year or two down the line, we'll get a new JSA. Or certainly, you know, Power Girl is going to be here and there around the universe. And yes, Lady Luck may be a member of the Justice League, but the Justice League changes members more often than Steven changes his socks. And by the way, Steven, we have something to tell you. <laughs> yeah, we, we've, we've been meaning to talk Man, to you about these socks stand up on their own. Look, yeah, dude, I, I really, I really, I really don't. I mean, I can understand. I think haters hate. I mean, I think that's just for reals. For reals, yeah. I think that's just <laughs> one, reals, of the, one of the things about the internet that we're always Hater just going to have to to live with. And you know, there's something somebody just sent a mean spirited comment. I thought was a mean spirited comment uh, our way this past week, and it kind of got me kind of got me angry and frustrated mm-hmm. and all you know all the all the negative feelings that you have, and it's just like, well, you know what? F you, yeah, da, 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 you know, you don't, da, da, da. you know, just very very angry, and then. You know, somebody said, well, you know, really the only thing that you need to do is please yourself. You know, if you're doing what you like, then just go on with it. And you're Mm going to find people, and we find this all the time at Major Spoilers. People are like, oh, I used to like you guys when you did this, and now that you've done this, I hate you guys. 
Right. Well, you know what? You're gonna well. you're gonna transition, and we're gonna do things different, and things are gonna change. You know, I, I was just really trying to find the the best way to capture that thought. And I yeah. generally now this is nothing against him. I mean, it is kind of a personal dislike against him. But Tom Brevoort, who is the uh, senior vice president of publishing over at Marvel, mm-hmm. I think he's kind of a blowhard. Okay, he's always making as you, these, as you well might be. To be in that position. Yeah, and he's just really, he's always making these snide, snarky comments about DC and what they're doing all the time. But, uh, and I don't remember where he made this. I found this on another website. Uh, but he th- he made a comment that I think is one of the best comments that kind of sums up everything. Everything that's going on in the comic book industry, everything that's going on in your favorite, uh, your favorite geeky, nerdy thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, a reader question was this. Why do writers persist on doing controversial right. directions, stories that are disliked by fans? We pay good money for these books, so we should naturally get something we enjoy. Consumers shouldn't feel compelled to vent frustration about their purchase. And, you know, that's, that kind of encapsulates everything that we're talking about here. Sure. And Brevoort responded, and I love this response. Writers don't do stories specifically to piss off fans. Writers write stories about which they feel passionate and invested. As a reader, you're entitled to one thing and one thing only, a reading experience in exchange for your purchase. And if you like that reading experience, the expectation is that you'll come back for more. But the audience does not and should never be in control of the stories. Writers are writers because they know how to do what audiences don't know how to do, and that's to tell stories that affect you and move you. It's way tougher than it looks. Storytelling isn't a democracy. You don't get a decision on how the, the stories go. All you get is your one vote with your dollar or your feet. Hmm? I think that's a brilliant It was. I was really impressed response. when I read that. I was like, that is, that is spot on. That is just like, man, that is a, you know, that's something I, I save that quote because it's something I always want to hang on to because I know the next time that I'm feeling bad about major spoilers, why did you do that? Mm-hmm. Well, we're doing something that we're feeling passionate about, that we're excited about. And if you don't like it, then that's okay. If you do like it, you'll come back for more. Right. Or if you don't like 52, you know, the new 52s, the, the brand new number ones that DC's rolling out, maybe you won't ever come back. Maybe you'll go and find some books from another publisher. Well, maybe you'll love it. I, I think, I don't know if somebody was retweeting Gail Simone or Gail Simone said this or someone's asking Gail Simone a question on, on Twitter, but someone said, what if this moment that DC is doing is the thing that radically changes the comics industry mm-hmm. for the good. What if? What if we are on this verge of the new golden age of comics? Well, not golden age, because that was, you know, 50 right. years ago. That's but you know, what if, we're, what if we're in this new era, this enlightened period of, of comic books and publishing and all of this great stuff, and we're sitting there crapping on it every day? Hmm. Matthew, final thoughts? Give it a shot. Give it a chance. Hate it after you've seen it. Feel free to reserve your hate, but for the love of God, please. And this is the internet. Everyone who has ever been on the internet, I want to say to you, hi, my name is Matthew, and I love you. And not in a creepy, inappropriate way, except for you, and you know who you are. If your first response is, Oh, how original, DC. We've seen this all before, and it will suck, and five months down the line, it'll all be over. Yes, that could possibly be true. But you know what? 
it's not an original thought, and there's no need to share it with the other 600 people who just <laughs> said the same thing. Not you know, it, for someone we to... get so negative. Right, right, right. We get so negative about press releases, about interviews, about 10-word blurbs. We've got people going off about, this is just one more day for Superman. Well, so? You know, how is that necessarily a bad thing? The existence of comics are themselves a retcon of yep. existing storylines in comic strips. Yep. So I, 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 I don't know see where the issue is. If you're fed up with all this stuff, you know what you can do? Say F continuity. Well, Screw it all. That's if you want to show that, buy a t-shirt at the major spoiler store.com. And, and and here's the thing, here's the thing about the F continuity shirt. I think that you can look it look at it as, well, screw this. Right. Right. But I think that the F continuity shirt can be a, a sign of hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you can look at it both ways. Everybody gets tied up with their own personal continuity. Mm-hmm. I, I like I shoot death glare laser eyes at Rob all the time because I'll be talking about some superhero or, or whatever, mm-hmm. and he'll be like, "Well, actually, that's changed," and blah 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 blah. And this is this way, and this is that way. And I was like, and I'm just like, "God, I'm just trying to talk about <laughs> right, a particular right, right. time period." Right. You don't have to tell me, you know, who, you know how this character is no longer that character anymore. I get that, mm-hmm. um, and that's fine. You know, people are gonna have their differences about what they like, but I think the spirit of of the F continuity shirt is, in fact. Well, even my own personal continuity. Screw it. Yeah, kick it to the curb. That's what I'm. That's try I'm, something new. And if you don't like the new thing, go back to your old thing. Yeah, you can always go back to the old comics that you yeah. already have over there in your long box collecting dust mm-hmm. and mildew. You should really, really put them in a in a less moist place. No, no, it's by dry the way. down here. Um, you talking so, about my feet or the comic books? Well, <laughs> your feet are beyond hope at this point. We can't salvage those. Um, no, you're right. I agree with you, Rodrigo. You're going to take that F continuity as either way. You can say, screw it. Screw you guys. I'm going home. Or you can look at it as, yeah, let's embrace it. Mm-hmm. Screw it. Let's, let's do it. And that's how I'm doing it right now. I mean, I ordered, and I made it public, I ordered all 52 of the number ones because I'm ready to check them out. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I also ordered like 15 Marvel books, which I've never done before. Yep. You know, for the longest time, I wasn't reading comics at all. Yeah, when yeah. I started here at Major Spoilers, I wasn't picking up a single monthly title at all. Yeah. Um, now I do, largely because we do get some for free. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, you know, I have found things that I'm excited about again. And, and in that time since I've been here, I have found other things that I'm excited about for a while. And then, you know, things change within it and, and I drop them. And that's what you got to do. That's what you got to do to be happy about this. Stop buying the stuff that you like. That you, stop buying the stuff that you don't like anymore, and start looking for stuff that you will like. Mm-hmm. To a large extent, you know the discontent with the industry. I think stems largely from the fact that, despite the fact that the majority of comic readers didn't like what was going on, they were still buying the same old crap. Yeah. And finally, somebody said, "Well, let's start. Let's put up at least new shiny crap." Right. And now people are upset because they can't buy that old crap anymore. All right, everybody. Those are our thoughts. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. I'm sure you're going to have tons of comments. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you, th- if you take offense because I may have mo- poked fun at you or mocked you or whatever, it's to make a point. It's nothing malicious. Yeah. I don't know you. 
most because mostly because most of you are hiding behind anonymous names. Right. But I don't big like deal. It's a conversation. Matt Theo Peterson. Yeah, what's what's up with that? Or that uh Petey Matthews? That that makes no sense. <laughs> you shut up. Whatever you think you know, you don't know. Uh, I can't wait till Friday. Yeah, I know that's gonna be or yesterday, actually, depending on when you're listening. Because <laughs> I can't Hello, wait till yesterday. <laughs> Steven Schleicher is James Bond in Can't Wait Till Yesterday. <laughs> Look out, time traveling Teddy Roosevelt. Okay, everybody, we're gonna be back in just a few days, unless we have a surprise podcast coming out before then. Oh, we do have a yeah, lot of cool things are. going There's on. There's like three in a row with no Matthew because I'm like, we don't need Matthew. We're gonna do something else. Yes, that's exactly what it was. Because number one, you've never read uh, Illuminatus trilogy. Number two, you were not here to go see uh, Captain America with us at the midnight show. And number three, well, you know, we just and number three, you don't know how to juggle. And we had like a whole <laughs> season of shows about juggling, and all you said was like, "Whatever, dude. You guys are clowns. <laughs> you guys are nerds. Clown juggle nerds." And then all of a sudden, the music kicks in, and there's a freeze frame. And that's the day that I realized that I was a nerd. <laughs> dun dun dun. Um, there are a lot of things going on at, at major spoilers. <laughs> A lot of good things going on at Major Spoilers. Of course, we have uh, Hero Histories. We have Retro Reviews. We have Regular Reviews. We have Top Tens. We have uh, DVD Reviews. We've got even a Perfume Eau de Toilette Review coming up nice. in a day or so, as soon as I round up some girls. Um, <laughs> good you know, we've got the Major, we've got the major Spoiler Store. 20 years. <laughs> we've got the Major Spoiler Store that's got a new T-shirt, the F-Continuity T-shirt, that uh-huh. you can check out. And you know what? If you look... There are some hints and clues scattered throughout the Major Spoilers website about products to come, and we've got some sitting right here. I'm super excited about them. I can't wait till we bring somebody in on the show to talk about this stuff. Hmm. Um, if Matthew's got all of his stuff together, uh, be sure to check out the website yeah. this weekend, because uh, there's something very cool, a really cool collaborative project that's going on that will that will uh, should be really good. Is it going to be really good, Matthew? Yes. <laughs> first time matthew has nothing to say uh, but it should be really cool you want to check that out that'll that'll uh, launch something else that we're doing don't forget we've got a contest going on right now where you can mm-hmm. win the absolute edition of uh dc's new frontier if you're not following us with our rss if you don't have an rss reader and you're not following our rss feed you might want to do it just dropping a hint right there uh we are going to in the next week probably in the next week, kick off the Major Spoilers uh, 2011 costume contest. The winner of the costume contest is going to get an iPad. Wow. An iPad for the winner of the Major Spoilers costume contest this year. I think that's a pretty big deal. We hope you do, too. Why are we doing this? Because we know these print comics aren't going to last very long, and we need to get you off to the digital as quickly mm-hmm. as possible. What else we got going My on, Rodrigo? We've got... Um, well, of course, there's... No, uh... Matthew, we... Major Spoilers is giving away an iPad. Not me. That's right. Major spoilers and, is giving away. And an here's iPad. the best part about that whole costume contest: um, we are not eligible. That's right. So our Matthews and my uh, joint costume as Hammer Brothers um, <laughs> yeah. is, you know, despite the fact that we have very realistic looking shells and helmets <laughs> and actual hammers, um, we, I've we can't enter. I've actually been mistaken yeah. for a turtle with a hammer. Yeah. 
What what else? Well, there's some other things going on. We got a lot of contests. I've I got you know what? Let's give something away in this show. Whoa. This what is, is that? brand new. I didn't I don't remember ordering this. Ah, I think huh. I think our, my guy put down the wrong number. But I got the Heroes of the DC Universe Blackest Night Black Light Lantern Firestorm Bust. Ooh. It's pretty cool. It's a freaky looking guy. Yeah, but you know, I didn't order this. I'm pretty sure I didn't order this. I probably paid for it, but I don't remember ordering it. I don't really need it here. Mm-hmm. So let's give it away. This is what? A, this is number 84 of 3,500. So it's a low number for those of you who are collectibles. Ooh. What do people need to do, Rodrigo, to get this thing? People need to. It's got to be simple. It's got to be simple. Yeah. So just go to the comments. Yeah. On for this episode. For this episode. Okay. Um, if you're listening on iTunes, just there should actually be a yeah, link. There should be a link to the website. Uh, to the website. Um, and then um, just write in your <laughs> uh, favorite Firestorm memory. Now, if you're not familiar with Firestorm, just make it up. Um, we'll pick. <laughs> Chances are, there's a lot of people who yeah. aren't familiar with Firestorm. So right. even if you made it up, who's going to know except for Matthew? Right. So so write it down. Right. We'll pick Double one of those comments at random. Fart. <laughs> right. We'll pick one of those comments at random. And uh, just make sure that the, the word Firestorm is in the comments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so that we know that you're trying to enter this contest. And uh, we'll just pick one of those at random, and then we'll contact yep. you about uh, Yeah, yeah. I want this out of my house fast. Yep. So you have until, mm, let's say until, what is, the, what is the next Saturday podcast? Until episode, this is episode 229, 231. I want this out of my house by next Saturday. Mm-hmm. So we'll pick so a winner this by then. 321? 321. I, I'm sorry. I, no, this is episode 328. 329. So that'd be 330, 331. It doesn't matter. Next Saturday. Next Saturday. What's you got a date? week. <laughs> Get this done, people. This is a yep. spontaneous. And remember, when you're doing spontaneous, this in the, in, the, uh, in the comments, make sure that you don't reference the contest in any way. Just start listing your favorite Firestorm memories involving the word fart or not. Yes, fart is not a requirement. No, it is not. That is a Matthew made-up thing. Um, this does not... Uh, we will ship this worldwide, so um, you have to pay any import costs or taxations that go along with it, but we will ship anywhere in the world. You've got I seven days. the 13th seven is days. the next Saturday show. August, August 13th. 13th. Okay, so get it in before then. That's all we have to do for right now. Our next show, which will be our Tuesday-Wednesday show, uh, features uh, Strangers in Paradise Volume 1. We're going to check that out. Why? Because we know that you love comics, and we do too. And we will talk with you real soon. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com, and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers Forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash majorspoilers and on MySpace at myspace.com slash majorspoilers. Fat Dick's revision of Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, he kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. 
if I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I mean terrific this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge chance? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. If I'm Star Raven Rich like a man of iron, I might not be surprised to find that I might actually have the heart cold to follow an entire storyline. But would I really even need to read upon all those escapades? I mean, who needs such distractions when your sister's such a babe? But the downside is such a beast. Being shot up in a fine be in the Middle East with a King Santo and soldier. What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah What a major spoiler Whoa, 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 whoa What a major spoiler Major Spoilers is copyright 2011